Welcome to the Rockbrook Church Podcast. Our hope is that today's message brings you hope and clarity for your spiritual journey. We love hearing how God is working in your life. Feel free to share any stories of how this message gave you a new perspective and hope. Email us at church at rockbrook.org to tell your story. But you may have noticed that this gift-giving thing can be uh, a little crazy, so expensive sometimes. But honestly, uh, I'm, I'm not opposed to it. I think giving gifts is a big part of Christmas because Christmas started with the giving of gifts. Uh, on your notes on the screen, Matthew 2.11 says, On coming to the house, they, that's the magi, the wise men, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and of incense and of myrrh. Now, evidently, these gifts were not gift-wrapped, because if they were gift-wrapped, the Bible would have said that they were wrapped with 400 cubits of wrapping paper. Okay? doesn't say that. Uh, if the gifts had been gift-wrapped, the Bible would, would tell us that Joseph said, Mary, let's throw all this paper away. And Mary would say, oh, no, Joseph, let's keep it. It's good paper. We'll use it next year. Yeah. Uh, if, if the gifts had been wrapped, uh, the Bible would have told us that Jesus uh, played with the box the gift came in more than he played with, with the gift. But the real reason we know they weren't gift-wrapped is because they were given by wise men. Yeah. And men don't wrap gifts. Every, every man in here was thrilled when they invented the gift bag. Just bag, present, here you go, babe. Pull that tissue paper out and see what I got for you. There. But, but the best part of Christmas is, is not the gifts that were given to the baby Jesus. The best part of Christmas is the gifts that God gives to us. And today I want you to imagine that it's, it's Christmas uh, Eve or morning, whenever you unwrap your gifts, and, and you walk into the room, and this, this big gift is sitting there. And you come into the room, and you wonder, uh, uh, who's that for? And then you go over, and there's a tag on there that says, to you. And you think, I am you. <laughs> Maybe it's for me. And then you wonder, well, who's it from and what's in it? Well, today I'd like this big gift to represent the gift that God has for you this Christmas. And 2 Corinthians 9.15 says, Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. And the King James Version uses uh, the phrase unspeakable gift. God's gift leaves you speechless. Now, there are three things that we do at, with gifts at Christmas time. First, we give gifts, we receive gifts, and then we exchange gifts. Uh, you know, we take something that we got that we don't really like, and we take it and we exchange it for something that we like more. And so, you know, I may take in a toaster and exchange it for a frying pan, or I take in a cordless drill and exchange it for a circular saw. Or, you know, I exchange something that I, I don't really want for something that I really want. But God's gift exchange is even greater than that. Because in God's gift exchange, we give God our worst, and God gives us his best. 
It's like we go in with a used toothbrush and come out with an $8,000 plasma TV. I mean, you know, how does that happen? Well, let's take a look at this. On your notes, number one, when we give God our worry, God gives us his peace. We give God our worry, God gives us his peace. And we all worry, especially this time of year. Just, you know, the end of the year is coming. There's just everything to do. There's all the Christmas hubbub. There's, uh, you know, we may be going to see family. Family may be coming to see us. There's just a lot to worry about. The problem is, is our bodies are not designed for worry. Uh, Study after study shows that worry takes its toll on our bodies. Uh, We get insomnia, uh, stomach aches, headaches, heart attacks. The number one day in the year for heart attacks, Christmas Eve. Yeah, put that in your stocking. Yeah. And we literally worry ourselves sick. And we even worry about worrying. So how do you stop worry? Well, you take advantage of God's gift exchange program. 1 Peter 5, 7 says, Give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about what happens to you. Because when you say, God, here's all my worries and cares, I I give them to you, you recognize two things. First, you recognize that God is in control. God is God, I'm not. Because when you and I worry, we worry because we're trying to control things. Usually we're trying to control the uncontrollable. Because if it was controllable, we'd already have taken care of it. But I can't control the future, I can't control other people, I can't control my circumstances, but I can worry about it. And, and, and worrying makes me think that I'm having an impact. In fact, worry uh, is a false sense of control. Because I'm not in control, I'm just worried. Okay? So instead of trying to control things by worrying about them, you recognize, God, you're in control, I trust you with this. The second thing that happens when you give your cares to God is you recognize that God cares. Give all your worries and cares to God. Why? Because he cares for you. And no matter how big, no matter how small the worry, God cares about it. Jesus said if God takes care of the birds, he'll take care of you. If God takes care of the flowers, he'll take care of you. Because God takes care of you. God cares about you. And God cares about what you care about. So you can give him your worries. That's the whole reason for Christmas, is because God cares about you. Jesus Christ came to earth because God cares about you. So take your worries and your cares, give them to God. Then notice this. Notice what God gives back in exchange. Jesus said, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give isn't fragile like the peace the world gives. So don't be troubled or afraid. I give God my worry. God gives me his peace. And sometimes it happens in an instant. Sometimes it happens over a period of time. But God gives his peace. And God's gift of peace, it's not just for me. It's not just for you. It's for everyone. It's for everyone. So... Who do you know that's worried? Who do you know that needs to hear what Jesus says in John 16? He says, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on this earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart, circle that phrase, take heart, 
because I have overcome the world. Who do you know that needs to take heart? Who do you know that needs to know you care about them? Who do you know that needs to know that, that God cares about them? Who do you need to invite to a Christmas service at Rockbrook? And so right now, I, I want to invite you to pull out your cell phone. Seriously, dig in your purse, dig it out of your pocket. Some of you already have it out, but just pull out your cell phone. You have my permission in this service to use your cell phone. And I want you to think of someone who needs to take heart and then just send them a text right now. Just say, I'm thinking about you, I'm praying for you, take heart. And in the text, just say, would you be willing to come to a Christmas service at Rockbrook, either one of our regular weekend Christmas services or the services that we're doing on Christmas Eve. We've got the times right up here, days and times, so you can invite them, tell them when to come. You know, let them know that you're thinking about them. And what you're doing is you're passing along the gift that God has given you. We give God our worries, God gives us his peace, we share that with others. That's God's gift exchange. Number two, When we give God our hurts, God gives us his healing. I give my hurt to God, God gives me his healing. Do not get the idea that some people are hurting and some people aren't. Because everybody's hurting. Emotionally, physically, spiritually, financially, everybody's hurting. And thankfully, Psalm 147 tells us that he, God, heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. God sees your hurt, and he wants to heal the brokenhearted. And notice it says that he binds up their wounds. You know, if I break my arm, they put it in a cast so it can heal. If I get a wound, they put a bandage on it so it can heal. Because, you know, hurts don't heal in an instant. They heal over time. So God binds up the wounded places in our hearts, and he binds it up so that slowly Surely, over time, they can heal. If you're going through a a, a hurt, you need to bind up a wound, I I would encourage you to just start reading through the book of Psalms. The book of Psalms is the balm, it's the salve in the Bible. The book of Psalms deals with every hurt in the human condition. And as you read through it, you can just let the Word of God speak to you and bind up your wounds. But God wants to do more than just heal us. God wants to use us, use our healing to help other people who are hurting. I receive God's healing, and then I pass it on to somebody else. 2 Corinthians 1.4, he, God, comes alongside us when we go through hard times. And before you know it, he brings us alongside someone else who's going through hard times so that we can be there for that person just as God was there for us. You know, part of the binding up of the wound in your life is God using you to bring healing to somebody else. And the amazing thing is God uses the hurts that we bring upon ourselves. You know, a lot of our wounds are self-inflicted. But God uses those self-inflicted wounds because God never wastes a hurt. So who do you know that's hurting with a broken heart? Just grab your phone, shoot them a text, Say, you know, hey, I'm thinking about you. I'm praying for you. I'd love for you to come to church with me next weekend. I'd love for you to come to church on New Year, or Christmas Eve. It's just a simple invitation. 
And Jesus Christ can make a difference in their life through you sharing what God's done in your life. That's the great thing about this gift exchange thing. Because, you know, you share the gift, and then they share the gift, and then they share the gift. The gift doesn't get diminished as it's shared. It gets multiplied. It expands. It's like a snowball gaining speed going downhill. Your gift gets multiplied when you share it. Third gift exchange. When we give God our grief, God gives us his joy. We give God our grief, he gives us his joy. And we all grieve. The the only way to avoid grief in this world is not to love. Because in this world, people don't last forever. And so if you love someone, you run the risk of losing them at some point. And so you're going to face grief in this life. And at Christmas especially, we, we think about the people that we've lost. And as you encounter grief this Christmas, you may think, well, you know, I don't even want to talk about this. I don't even want to think about this. I just want to get through Christmas and into the next year. But there are three things you need to know about grief. First, grief usually comes undeserved. We tend to blame ourselves for for our grief as if it's our fault. But the truth is we all grieve because this is a broken, fallen world. And so don't, don't beat yourself up over the grief that you're facing. Second, grief often goes unrecognized because grief is a complicated emotion. In fact, grief is not its own emotion. It's a bundle of emotions. Anger, guilt, depression, regret. I mean, it's just a bundle. Uh, That's why sometimes you just, maybe you're angry or irritated or you just can't enjoy the season and you can't put your finger on it. Why? Why do I feel like this? It's grief. And it may be something that happened many, many years ago. And Christmas just brings it right back up to the surface. Have you noticed that that Christmas turns up the volume on whatever's going on in your life? I mean, if if you're going through uh, enjoying something good, I mean, Christmas just turns up the volume on that. If you're going through a difficult season, Christmas turns up the volume on that. And, And that's why we need to give each other a lot of grace, a lot of grace through the Christmas season. Because it's just a roller coaster of emotions, and, and, and you never know the people that you encounter, where they're at uh, on that ride. And so we just need to give each other a lot of grace. Third grief is that grief often stays unresolved. We, we think, if I just ignore it, if I just give it time, if, if I just wait, I, if I, I'll just go back to work and it'll go away. But you can't wait or work your way out of grief. Uh, in fact, you, you, you can't deny grief. You've got to deal with it. And the way you deal with your grief is you give it to God. Because only God is greater than your grief. And when you give your grief to God, it's fascinating. The Bible doesn't just say that he com- gives us his comfort. No. John sixteen twenty. Jesus said, you will grieve, but your grief will turn to, say the word with me, joy joy. We give him our grief. He gives us his joy. And that's just unbelievable, indescribable, unspeakable that God would give us joy in the midst of our grief. How does that even happen? Yet many of you have experienced that that the memories of someone can become sweeter over the years since you've lost them. 
But even greater than that, God gives us his joy when we recognize that this world is not all there is. As we realize that that the person that I'm grieving, I haven't really lost them in the way that I I think I've lost them. That that person, if they're a believer, if I'm a believer, I'm going to see them again in heaven. If they're a believer, if I'm a believer. That's why these invitations are so important. Because if we believe in Christ, there can be joy in the midst of our grief. That circumstance that didn't work out like I wanted, God's going to resolve that in heaven. That, that disappointment, that tragedy in my life, God's going to turn that into a blessing in heaven. If I hang my hope on this world, I'm going to grieve. But if I hang my hope on heaven, God will turn my grief into joy. Doesn't happen instantly, but slowly, surely, over time, God turns grief to joy. Look what the angel said in in Luke 2. The angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. Christ is our Savior. The word Savior means rescuer. Rescuer. And our grief can be turned to joy when Jesus Christ rescues us. But it doesn't stop there. Romans 12, 15 says, Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. So who do you know that's grieving? You take your cell phone, shoot them a text. Hey, we're talking about people grieving at Christmas in church today. I thought of you. I'm praying for you. Wondered if you'd want to come to one of our Christmas services or our Christmas Eve service. Because when we share somebody's grief with them, we help them realize that that God has a part in their lives, that they're not alone in what they're going through. And that's the giving and receiving, the exchanging of gifts. Fourth, fourth gift in the exchange. When we give God our fears, God gives us his love. We give God our fears, he gives us his love. So how do you deal with the fear in your life. The way to deal with fear is to find something greater than your fear because you can't deal with the fear with something that's smaller than the fear. You got to find something greater than the fear. And God's love is greater than any fear you can face. God's love is greater than any problem. It's greater than any illness. How how does God deal with your fear? Let's read Zephaniah 3:17. Man, I love this verse. Let's read this out loud together. With his love, he will calm all your fears. One more time. With his love, he will calm all your fears. Some of you need to just take that verse and just run it through your mind again and again and again. You need to let the truth of God's love calm the fear that you're facing. 1 John 4.18 says, There is no fear in love. But perfect love drives out fear. When God's love comes in the front door, fear beats it out the back. Because God's love drives out fear. Because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. Fear has to do with punishment. And often we're afraid because we think we deserve what we're getting. You know, I did this, I did that, I said this, I I deserve to be punished. But if you think that God is out to get you because of the wrong that you've done, 
you don't understand the message of this book. You, you, don't, understand, you don't understand the purpose of Christmas. Because God, God isn't out to get you. God is out to love you. God is not out to punish you. God is out to forgive you. Jesus Christ said that he came into the world not to condemn the world, but to save it. Not to condemn you, but to save you. And so if you're fearful that God's going to do something to punish you, you need to realize God's working in exactly the opposite direction. God is working for the very best for you. And as you lean into that, the fears in your life are driven out by God's love. Now, who do you know who needs to hear the message of God's love for them? Who do you know who needs the most famous verse in the Bible? John 3.16. John 3.16 is all about this gift exchange. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Dawson Trotman was the founder of the Navigators Ministry. It was a, a, a small group discipleship ministry, a massive thing, spread worldwide. And Dawson and his wife used to have military guys over for dinner, and then at the end of the dinner, he'd ask, who's got a favorite Bible verse? And some guys would have a verse, and some guys didn't, because they didn't know anything about the Bible. They didn't even know Christ yet. But they just shared their verses around the table. And one night, Dawson's three-year-old daughter had just memorized John 3.16. And so as they're going around the table, she shares uh, that verse. But when she was learning it, she had a hard time remembering the word whoever. It's not a real three-year-old word. And so her mother taught her to really emphasize that word in order to help her remember it. So she shares the verse in her little three-year-old girl voice. And she says, you know, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever <laughs> believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. And after dinner, one of the soldiers told Dawson, he said, you know, when your daughter emphasized that word, whoever, he says, I realized for the first time that that I was part of that whoever. But in order to be part of it, I needed to believe in Jesus Christ. Are you part of whoever? Have you believed in Jesus Christ? Who do you know that needs to believe in Jesus Christ? In fact, you might try this, and and not all of you will do this, but some of you are risk takers, you'll do this. Think of the person who is least likely to accept an invitation to come on Christmas and invite that person, okay? Think about the person that you've invited 103 times before, they've always said no, and invite them one more time. Just take the risk to let them know you love them and God loves them. This might be the year. This might be the year that they really need that invitation. It might be the year they they finally respond to God's love and they become a whoever in Christ. Take that risk. One more gift exchange. Number five, when we give God our sins, God gives us his forgiveness. We give God our very worst, and God gives us his very best. Romans 6.23, when people sin, they earn what sin pays, death. But God gives us a free gift, life forever in Christ Jesus our Lord. You know, sin promises so much. Here's the deal with sin. Sin over-promises and under-delivers. 
It overpromises. Oh, come on, this will be great. It'll be fun. It'll be exciting. You know, it'll be a way for you to get ahead. Uh, you need to do this. It overpromises, but in the end, the payoff for sin is always the same. The payoff is death. But Jesus says, instead of death, I'm going to give you life. I'm going to give you eternal life. And if you've never accepted that gift, you can accept it right now, right here. Just pray, Jesus, I accept the gift of your forgiveness. I accept the gift of your eternal life. And it's a very simple prayer, but it changes everything. It changes your eternity. It changes your destiny. It changes your eternal destination from hell to heaven. I mean, it's a big deal. And for those of you who, who have made that decision, who was the first person that shared the message of God's forgiveness with you? For some of you, it was your parents. For some, it was somebody at church or work or school or a friend. You know, who was the first person who shared God's message of forgiveness with you? And who's the person you need to share the message with? God gave you the gift through someone else. Who do you need to gift, give the gift to? 2 Corinthians 5.19 says, God was in Christ offering peace and forgiveness to the people of this world. God offers peace and forgiveness to the people of this world. And he has given us the work of sharing his message about peace. And there's no better time than Christmas to share that message. In your worship folder, you've got a, a two-sided invite card. And on one side, it has our weekend services, uh, the five identical Saturday, Sunday services that we're going to do next weekend for Christmas. And they're just, we're going to do them just like our regular services. We're going to have rock book for kids, all five services. Worship team and choir are going to sing uh, some amazing Christmas songs. Pastor Ryland's got a great Christmas sermon. And uh, so that's going to be on Friday and Saturday. And then on the other side are the three Christmas Eve services that we're doing. And these services are totally different from the weekend services. Uh, on Christmas Eve, we're going to celebrate the message of Christmas, and we're going to do it by using the most popular Christmas movie of all time. You know what the most popular Christmas movie, far and above the most popular Christmas movie? Home Alone. <laughs> Home Alone. Yeah, yeah. We watch it at our house every Christmas. You probably watch it at yours. Your friends, neighbors, coworkers all watch it at, at their house. I mean, it, it's just an awesome uh, Christmas movie. And so we're going to take that very familiar movie and use it as the hook to reach people with a spiritual message. Jesus would do this all the time. He'd take a very familiar story, a very familiar setting, and then he would introduce a, a deep spiritual lesson with it. Now, he didn't use movies, but, uh, but we have the opportunity to do that. And so uh, on our Christmas Eve services, we're going to uh, explore the film Home Alone. And uh, actually, we've got somebody who's going to be Kevin, and we've got uh, Harry and Marv, the two burglars. And I mean, it's just, it, yeah, I mean, it's just going to be a, a fun time. And, uh, and the, the worship team's going to sing. There'll be music. Ryland's going to deliver a sermon. But we're going to use in the sermon, we're going to use some of those clips uh, in order to drive home the message. So uh, I hope you'll be here uh, uh, for Christmas Eve. Um, you know, it's just going to be a very, very fun time with a very meaningful message. And you're going to want to be here, and you're going to want to bring somebody with you. Let's just pack this place out on Christmas Eve. 
So I encourage you, put that invite in your pocket and give it to someone this week. They'll be glad you did, and you will too. So this big gift, God's greatest gift, you know, what's in here? Well, it's the things that we just talked about. Peace, healing, joy, love, forgiveness. Every person in this room needs those gifts. Every person that you know, every person in your life needs these gifts. And my prayer, my prayer coming up to this message, my prayer for the next week, for this Christmas season, last verse on the outline. As you share your faith with others, I pray that they may come to know all the blessings Christ has given us. That's my prayer. Will you pray it with me? Let's pray. Father, the wise men brought Christ's gifts that first Christmas. But the power of Christmas is really the gifts that you have given to us. So God, I pray for for the people in this room right here, right now, that they may receive peace and healing and joy and love and forgiveness. And together we pray for our family, for our friends, our coworkers, neighbors, for those in need of your special gifts. God, I just pray that this Christmas they will accept the gift of all the blessings that you offer us. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. We would love for you to get connected to what's going on at Rockbrook Church. Visit us online at rockbrook.org for service times, small group information, and other ways you can discover your purpose here on earth.